we're going to get started. <clears throat> Come on in and take a seat. I will be your substitute Sunday school teacher this morning. Uh, Pastor Legault is, was battling an ear infection last week, and it has not gotten better for him. Um, he was planning, we went to special meetings yesterday, and he was planning on going because Pastor Kinney was preaching, but he wasn't feeling up for it yesterday. He was hoping <clears throat> he'd be able to push through and at least do Sunday school this morning, but he wasn't able to. He's just not feeling very well, so be in prayer for Pastor Legault because um, what's that? What's that noise? Oh, <laughs> uh, so be in prayer for him. Let me turn my phone on silent, and actually I'll just airplane mode because it's going to mess with stuff, right, Shannon? So here we go. All right, so that's taken care of. Uh, so be in prayer for Pastor Legault. He really needs our, our prayers. Uh, be in prayer, prayer for Pastor Kinney because um, he had an important message he wanted to preach this morning, and obviously with all the, thank you, honey, with all the snow, Probably not a lot of people are going to be making it in. Uh, so be in prayer for those who are still traveling. And, uh, and uh, we'll, let's get right into the lesson this morning. Uh, memory verse, uh, for those of you who had uh, memorized the verse for this week, Psalm 33, 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And uh, it doesn't matter what nation it is. You make the God, our only God, the Lord, you're going to have a blessed nation. The United States was not chosen by God, all right? Uh, we know that the United States is far, far away from the country that it was when it started, but the men and the, the reason that this nation was started and pilgrims came over and left Great Britain, the whole purpose of that was not to colonize this place for Great Britain. It was to leave the tyranny and get away, get out from the English church, get away from that land so that they could serve God, the one true God, the way that they wanted to. And they came over here and they started this nation and we went to war with them and got out from under them again and, and they set up the, the, the uh, Declaration of Independence and just the foundations of the United States was based upon God's word. And you, you have seen how much God had blessed this nation up until this point. I mean, we're still reaping some of the benefits of what those great men had set up, but we are quickly, quickly losing that. Uh, but you can see the results of choosing God and making God, this nation making God their God and the blessings that, it, that had followed it. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Israel here. We're talking about a nation who God chose. He chose a man, and he chose a man, well, we know, starting with Abraham. Uh, we worked our way all the way down to Jacob now. And we're looking at a nation that God has chosen. Um, as a people, they were designed and created to have God uh, as their Lord. We were created to have God as our Lord. Um, turning away from God will only bring defeat and shame. Uh, we see countless times when Israel turns their back for, on God and God lets them know <laughs> who's in charge. And uh, time and time again. <clears throat> uh, but uh, we need to remember that we need to have God in our hearts. 
we need to remember that we are choosing to serve the Lord. And we may not be able to ask the Lord to bless our nation, but we can ask the Lord for mercy. We can ask him to hold on to his judgment a little bit longer because judgment is coming. Judgment will come. Uh, but because of God's long suffering and his mercy, he may stay a little longer. Why? Because there's still a remnant. There are still people who love the Lord. This place is still putting out missionaries. They're still sending out people to tell others about the Lord. But the sad thing is now, you know what's really sad? Is that a lot of our churches are closing. A lot of the general public, just the general people in our country, don't even know who the God of the Bible is. They don't know who Adam and Eve is anymore. They don't know who Jesus Christ was, not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. We got missionaries from the Philippines coming over to the United States now. That's how far we're going. Because there are missionaries coming from other countries to the United States. Why? Because outside this nation, they look over at the United States as a pagan land. It's not a land that, a godly land anymore. It's a worldly land that influences and, and its influences are influencing other nations. You look at Great Britain, a lot of different things that go on over there, and their music and their culture has changed over the years because of the influence of the United States of America. We, we started like this, our rock, rock and roll nation and Elvis and all this stuff, and next thing you know, what starts coming out of Great Britain? Next thing you know, here comes the Beatles, right? This, this rock band, why? Because they're following the footsteps of America. America is, anyways, I'm done talking about America. We're not here to talk about America. We're here to talk about Israel. Uh, but we had, we, it makes a big influence. We've had a big influence because we started with God. God made us great, but now he's going to start humbling this nation. Uh, but back to, uh, back to Jacob and Israel. In the midst of all, everything that's going on, all the stuff that's going on with Jacob, all the drama that's been going on with him and leaving, leaving his father and, and his mother and going to find, find himself a, a wife, uh, getting, uh, finding, getting Leah, being deceived, and while well, he reaped what he sowed there and had to take on Leah for his uh, wife. And, and then, uh, then he had to work another seven years for Rachel. Uh, and, and that whole situation. Uh, but, but go ahead and uh, turn to Genesis. Open up your book in the Bible, Genesis. <clears throat> but it's gonna, we're going to see here that uh, where the 12 tribes of Israel are going to start to come, uh, come in here today. And uh, it's important to, to about these 12, 12 tribes of Israel because we're going to look at here in Revelation, and it sets the foundation. The nation of Israel sets the foundation of what's going to happen in the future. Uh, New Jerusalem coming down, and, and, the different, and, the, they, and their names are going to show up on the 12 gates of the city of New Jerusalem. If you look in Revelation chapter 21, real quick, sorry, instead of Genesis, go ahead and look at Revelation chapter 21 first. We're going to see the significance of the names the names of the children of Israel coming into place when you're dealing with New Jerusalem. In Genesis, or Revelation chapter 21, Revelation 21, verse 12. <clears throat> it had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. And so it's just a, a foreshowing here of what, 
the significance of these names of the children of Israel are. And, uh, and it's going to be important. It's going to be laid out right here in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 30. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Uh, pray. We're going to start out in Genesis 29, 29 and then we're going to read on through to Genesis 30. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, uh, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for those who have made it out. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those who are still traveling in. Lord, I just pray that you would just fill this place with your spirit. Lord, it doesn't matter how many people are here. Lord, you can still fill this place. Lord, and I just pray that uh, you'd guide my thoughts and my heart and my tongue. Help me to say everything you'd want me to say, nothing more, nothing less. And uh, <clears throat> Lord, I know it's a little different uh, setup today, but and, uh, unorthodox and think moving pieces around. But Lord, you can still work in that. And Lord, we pray that you will. Lord, I love you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Genesis chapter 29, starting in verse 31. That's where you guys should have left off. And when the Lord saw, verse 31, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, Now will I praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing. <clears throat> you know, I find that kind of a little odd there that she waits until she has her fourth son before she praises the Lord. All she was thinking about was herself and her relationship with, with her husband, and maybe I can win him over. Maybe I can win him over now. Maybe I can win him over now. But it wasn't until his, her fourth son where she's like, all right, Lord, I'm going to praise you for the children that you're giving me. And uh, just... I need, we just need to keep in mind the simple blessings that we have in our life and give God the praise he's due first and foremost. All right, uh, let's continue on into chapter 30. And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, Am I in God's stead? Who hath withheld from thee the fruit of thy womb? And she said, Behold, my maid Billah, go in unto her, and she shall bear upon my knees, that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Billah, her handmaid to wife, and Jacob went in unto her. And Billah conceived and bare Jacob a son. And Rachel said, God hath judged me, and hath also heard my voice, and hath given me a son. Therefore called she his name Dan. And Bella, Rachel's, Rachel's maid, conceived again, and bare Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, With great wrestlings have I, have I wrestled with my sister, and I have prevailed, and she called his name Naphtali. And when Leah saw that she had left bearing, she took Zilpah, her maid, and gave her Jacob to wife. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a son. And Leah said, A troop cometh, and she called his name Gad. And Zilpah, Leah's maid, bare Jacob a second son. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. And Reuben went in the days of 
<clears throat> and Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, Give me, I pray thee, thy son's mandrakes. And she said unto her, Is it a small matter that thou hast taken my husband? And wouldst thou take my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, Therefore he shall lie with thee tonight for thy son's mandrakes. And Jacob came out of the field in the evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, Thou must come in unto me, for, thou, for surely I have hired thee with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God hearkened unto Leah, and conceived, and bare Jacob a f the fifth son. And Leah said, God hath given me my hire, because I have given my maid to my husband. And she called his name Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and bare Jacob the sixth, sixth son. And Leah said, God hath endued me with a good dowry. Now will my husband dwell with me, because I have borne him six sons. And she called his name Zebulun. And after, afterwards she bare a daughter, and called her name Dinah. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. All right, so there's a lot of reading there, but we got through all 12 sons there, <coughs> almost there. And uh, we're almost, almost all 12 there, but we're getting there. Uh, but we're talking about the importance here <coughs> of God choosing a certain individual named Jacob. All right, so the importance, uh, the importance of this nation that God is trying to create here, a nation, a group of people who are divided from other people, right? That's the definition of a nation. It's they want to be set apart as a group of people and want to be titled and known as a certain group of people and separate from another group of people. All right, you have different nations across this entire world, but and they have borders and they set borders and they set walls and they do that for a certain reason because they don't want to mingle or be associated with another group. This is our group. This is our nation. And, uh, it's a, and they're dividing from other peoples. Uh, certain nations are known to have a certain standards of law. Uh, certain, standards have, uh, certain nations have standards of, of different religions. Certain nations have a particular lang language that defines them and defines their location, right? You go to France, what are they going to speak? They're going to speak French. You go to Spain, what are they going to speak? They're going to speak Spanish. You go to, you go to Great Britain, you, where are they speaking? They're speaking English. They're nations. They're right next door to each other, but they want to be defined as different in different cultures and different religions and be known and, and be separate. Why? What, their language separates them. And, and, and they want to be known as different. They're, they're, they're trying to, they're a different nation from one another, or they're a different group. And uh, as of today, there are about 200 different nations in the world. I mean, you think about that, and it's, that seems like a, a low number. But <clears throat> when you talk about completely different, different nations and, and groups of people and types of people out there, there's about 200 different ones. Um, now there are more than that as far as countries are concerned, but you're talking, but you're dealing with different types of people and who want to be associated in different groups. Uh, but the nation of Israel is a a very special is very special and different than all other nations, uh, because God is the one who sets the standard for them and what makes them different. All right, it's not them choosing it as a people; it's a standard that God gave to them. And we can see a lot of parallels there 
when we're talking about the children of Israel, and we're going to get into it, and when God talks about Israel and the church. Uh, but God had, had made and set aside Israel to be specific and a special nation for several reasons. Go over to Romans chapter 9. Hold your place in Genesis, but go back to Romans. Uh, let's flip back to, uh, flip forward to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, look at verses 4 and 5, Romans chapter 9. All right, 4 and 5, it says, Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises? Who are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came? who is overall God blessed forever. Amen. Who are the Israelites? He's the one that God adopted. He is the one that who, who he chose to give him the glory. He's the one he gave the, his covenants to. He's the one who he gave the law to. Uh, he's the, our, our Bible, everything, our foundations of everything that we came from, the Old Testament law, God gave to Israel. He didn't give it to anybody else. He gave it to that nation. Uh, he gave <clears throat> the services to God the, the, and the priesthood and to give the sacrifices, the promises, uh, all the fathers, where it started, where it began. It all was with Israel. And, wh and what line did Christ come in? He came in as a Jew, as a Hebrew, as, a, as an Israelite. He, he came in to them, but through them. He chose that nation. Uh, that's, that's the main difference is God had chosen them. He made his covenants. He, ma he gave them his law and he is making them very special and he's very particular. Um, <clears throat> God gave him their king and chose them in particular. It was, it was by grace. It was by grace that he had chosen them. Just, uh, just by as grace, he chose us. <laughs> Amen. Uh, God gave his promises and his covenants. He gave them land so that they could be could, so that they could live separated and holy lives. Right. He didn't just uh, pick them to be his people, but he's also gave them a land, a land where they can dwell in so that and they could be associated with that land and be a part of a holy land and be separated from other nations. <clears throat> God's going to set up everything that he wants to accomplish. Uh, God promised to send, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, let me get ahead of myself. God gave them the law and the scriptures. Uh, he also, and then God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to them and through them. And so that's just an amazing thing right there uh, that what shows them how special they are. Everything that we have and, and the things that we're, that we're gleaming from right here is because of that nation. Because of those people that God chose. <clears throat> and to fulfill God's promises, he allowed Jacob to have several children. You know, God kept talking to Abraham. He kept talking to, to Isaac and, and Jacob and telling them he's going to make them a great nation. They're going to be as the stars in the sky. They're going to be as the, the sands of the earth. But how, how is that going to happen? When's that going to happen? You've got you to gotta have kids. Got to have children. How else is this going to happen? Um, but the thing that we have to also realize is that God is using a certain lineage. 
he's using Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's continuing, and it's through that male bloodline, it's through those men that is going to come that nation. And so we'll see here, and notice that I was talking to Brother Larry about this last night. We were uh, having dinner and talking about God had made allowances for certain things that we look at today and we know that are wrong today. Uh, we look at certain things like this and we look at that and we would call that polygamy. We would look at certain things and we would look at that and like, oh, he's got multiple wives and, and his wife's given him this maid and, and Leah's given her her maid and Rachel's given her her maid. And we're like, wow, that's... Uh, <laughs> That would not fly today at all. And we look at that thing and we're like, wow, why, why would God do it that way? Well, because God made certain allowances and put grace and, 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 the, and over those men's lives. Why? Because he was going to make a nation of a certain lineage of men. And in order to ha ha grow a great nation, God made allowances and put grace over those things and allowed for those things. And we have the 12, 12 sons and the 12 tribes here. And uh, so he ended up marrying, uh, man, it's just wild when you look at how this, how this worked out is you sit there and you look at these two sisters and they're just kind of bickering over each other and they're, they're jealous of each other and Leah's, Leah's womb is open and she's not the prettiest one, but, but she's got nice eyes and her, her womb is open and, and, and Jacob is able to have many sons by her and four sons, boom, boom, he gets four sons right out from her and Rachel's just over here like, I, I can't even have one and she's given him four sons. And she's upset and she's crying, you know, and she's like, I'm going to die. And Jacob's like, listen, don't yell at me. Don't get upset with me. I'm not the one who's closing your womb. And, uh, and so she's upset about it. And she's like, well, if I can't have my own kids, then I'm going to give him my maid. I'm going to go lay with my maid and I'll have children by her. And then her maid, Bella, gives Jacob two sons. And now Leah's jealous again. Now Leah's like, oh, well, if, if he's going to give her Leah her her maid to have children, well, then I'll give her my, I'm going to give him my maid. And there's just this constant jealousy back and forth of the two sisters going back and forth. And we look at that and we're like, man, that's not a good thing. But the Lord knew what was going on in those hearts and allowed certain things to take place. Why? To build a nation, to start growing that nation. And that first son, Reuben, uh, Reuben, that God gave to Leah, was birthed. Uh, but these names, I'm going to read off their names, and I'm also going to read off what their names mean, because their names are going to be on, in Great Jerusalem on the walls coming down, the 12 corners there, the 12 pillars. Their names are going to be up there, and there's a reason for that. There's a significance to that. So uh, the first son, Reuben, and his name is Behold a Son. It means Behold a Son. Uh, Simeon. We got Simeon, uh, was birthed by Leah, the second son, and his name means hearing, hearing. Uh, the third, third one, uh, son that Leah had given Jacob is Levi. Levi means to join, to join. Um, and Levi was later set aside uh, to provide to be the part of the, pri the priests. Uh, next thing we look at is Judah. And Judah... His name means praise. His name means praise. He was also the fourth son of Leah. Notice that, it, uh, that there, his name is Judah, but it wasn't until the fourth son that 
the word praise comes through and she praised the Lord. <clears throat> Dan, we got the name Dan. And he got, uh, Dan was from Rachel's maid, Billa, and being judged. All right, Rachel was being judged. She was crying out to the Lord, crying out to Jacob about not having children. And she gave him Dan, Naphtali. Uh, Naphtali was also the son of Billa, Rachel's maid. Um, and she came through for, through wrestlings, my wrestling, dealing with her wrestlings with her sister, Rachel and Leah. And the Lord gave her another son, Naphtali. Gad, the next one, is Leah's maid, Zilpah. So after Leah then got jealous of Rachel's maid and sent in her maid to go with Jacob, and then she got a troop, uh, Gad. His name was Gad. Uh, the, next, the eighth son is Asher. Asher means happy, was birthed by, Leah, by Leah's maid, Zilpah. Happy. Uh, nine, Issachar. Issachar was birthed by Leah and higher and higher. <clears throat> Let's look at uh, Genesis chapter Genesis chapter 20 uh, or Genesis chapter 30. Let me see there. Zopa. True Zopa's maid bear. Jacob second son. Happy. Am I? Uh, losing my spot there. Go ahead. Oh, we'll just move on to uh, Zebul uh, last, uh, well, last there. Or, uh, Zebulun was birthed by Leah uh, in the dwelling. His name means dwelling. And then we also have Joe. Finally, the Lord opens up Rachel's womb and gives her Joseph. Uh, Joseph, um, may God add. A-D-D, -D, may God add. And that's with Joseph. And uh, Joseph's uh, two sons later on, Ephraim and Manasseh, be, uh, will replace uh, two of the tribes later on. And then obviously not at this time yet. We're going to get into Benjamin later on, the son of my right hand. Uh, that's Benjamin uh, was birthed by Rachel later on. But we see here that God is creating a nation and he's giving Jacob 12 sons. And that number 12 is important. Because that is the number of Israel that we understand. And if you study the numbers much at all, when, you, when we look at the number 12, that's associated with the nation of Israel. 10 is associated with uh, the Gentiles. Uh, and 12 is given to Israel. And God is given and starting out this nation that he's going to be starting out with, with uh, going to give Jacob 12 sons. And it's very important, and it's going to play a big part going all the way from the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament, and into the future, into the prophecies, and even into uh, the 12 gates and the names upon those gates and all the different things that are going to happen there with New Jerusalem coming down. And the names of the tribes of Israel are going to be upon that thing. So even, even though we know the history of Israel, we know how eventually Israel turns us back on God and that he opens it up to the church, but he still reverts back to that nation. When New Jerusalem comes down, he is still, Israel is still his chosen people. And uh, we can't forget that we did not replace Israel. But uh, we have a nation that is born, a nation that is born, literally, in, uh, under Jacob here. All right, so now we have a nation that's born under him. Now we have a nation lost, a nation lost. 
The nation of Israel was used by God in a mighty way. We look at throughout their history, the, but they have, they have so many ups and downs. We look, when we talk about valleys and mountains and, and, and trials and tribulations in the Christian life, you can look at Israel and, just, and you just see a map. And you just see all the different things and the ups and the downs and they're, they're following God. And then they, then they, next thing you know, they're, they're turning to idols and they're, and then they're having to get uh, stirred back up again and drawn back to God. And you see the judgments that come back and forth, back and forth. And, uh, but it's very close to the, to what the Christian life is. So many times that we struggle with our sins, but we're not supposed to keep turning our back on God we need to just repent, get those things right, and restore that fellowship. At the end of the day, that's what the Lord wants. That's what he wants with Israel. That's what he created this nation for. He wanted to make him a special people and wants to have fellowship with his people. But time and time again, when you let idols and different things come into just like their lives and come into our lives, it messes up that fellowship. And we have to keep getting that thing restored with him and getting that thing set right with him. Uh, but really, it's it, it is it's it's a roller coaster. It's got twists and turns, and it goes all over the place. But at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is still on His throne, and He's reigning, and He's going to have the victory at the end. And no matter what what's going to happen, we need to keep coming back to Christ because He is going to make it all right there at the end. All right. So, uh, the greatest tragedy uh, is that God chose. The- but if we look later on, look way down the scriptures, as God chose his people and he did a lot of things to set up this nation and to bless this nation. Um, but time and time again, their unbelief shows up. Uh, we can look at the Red Sea. We can look at Pastor Kitty just preached a message yesterday at the special meetings and talking about what, how he starts to lead this great nation out of Egypt and brings them all the way down to the point where they come up to the Red Sea. Now, we as Bible believers and know, having a fully put, put together Bible know what's going to happen. And we sit there and we look at Israel like, why would you even doubt that God's going to take care of you? You just saw all the plagues. You saw all these great miracles that God had performed in Egypt. Why would you doubt God now? But just sit there and put yourself in a situation where they're in where you don't know anything about the Bible. You don't have a completed scripture sitting in front of you where you know all the, uh, everything that has worked out for them, but you just come up into a Red Sea, and there's mountains over here. You can't go that way. There's mountains over here. You can't go that way. And then you have a Red Sea in front of you. Then you turn around, and all you see is a dust cloud coming up behind you, and there's Pharaoh's army. And you're like, and they're sitting there thinking, like, well, wh- what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? And, <laughs> and but, but God just wants them to have faith. And if you notice, when God tells them, he tells the people, he tells Moses uh, for them not to just have faith, but he tells them to move forward, to move forward. What, to where? To where the Red Sea is. Why? He wants, he wants to see their, them to step out by faith. But time and time again, their faith wavers. Once they get past the Red Sea and, then, and the different things that had taken place and they start wandering around in the desert for 40 years, they're constantly bickering and complaining and just their faith is always up and down, up and down. 
And we see that God gives them another opportunity to come back to him and make things right. And he sends them the Messiah. He sends them Jesus Christ. And he's supposed to restore them as a nation and, and be a great leader unto them. And, and they have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ when he comes down. And do they do that? No, they don't. Once again, their faith, they lose their faith. Turn over to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, look at verses 31 and 32. <clears throat> but Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. Uh, they stumbled. Why? Because they were not relying on faith. They relied on the, the law. They kept looking back at the law. When Jesus Christ said he came not to uphold the law, but to fulfill it. All right? And they could have chosen Jesus Christ then and there, but they didn't because of their unbelief. They didn't accept him. They didn't accept that he was willing to pay all the consequences for all the sin, all the things that, all, that they had done, all the things that the, the people of the world had done. Jesus, they, he sent, God sent them the Messiah, and he was right there in front of their face, and they denied him. They kept wanting to go back to the law. They couldn't have the faith in believing that he was the Son of God. It's, it's a really sad thing to think about that they're still looking for their Messiah. And we know what this Bible says, that they're still looking for their Messiah. And when this one Antichrist shows up, who do you think they're, they're, they're going to think he's their Messiah? It's a sad thing to think about. Uh, they weren't willing, uh, he was willing to pay the, con the consequences and, and pay for their sins. Turn over to Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 27, look at verse uh, 25. It says, Then answered the people, man, what a statement to make. Then answered the people, he said, His blood be on us and on our children. And it, <laughs> it happened. Uh, it happened. Uh, that those the, they they wanted to have the consequence. They were so sure that he wasn't Jesus Christ. He wasn't their Messiah. That they were willing to say, "Let his blood be on us and on our children." Whew. Man, what a thing to say! To, for the people that God chose, the people that God set up to make a, make a great nation of, turn around and said, "We're going to crucify your son." And not only are we going to crucify your son, but let his blood be on us and on our children. Yeah, man, what a statement to make. And it, uh, guess what? Their, his blood did fall on their hands. And, they, and because of the different things that they had done, God broke them, them up as a nation again. They were scattered and persecuted all over the world. They, they were scattered. And it wasn't in, until 1948 uh, they regathered as a nation again, this nation of Israel. So we have all the different histories, all the different things that uh, has taken place. God uh, is starting here at, at, with Jacob and the 12 sons, and we, we kind of do in a very brief overall history of uh, Israel, and there's obviously a lot more to get into, but 
<clears throat> we look at them and we just see their, their lack of faith time and time again with the Lord. And I just see that and I just like, I look at that and I'm like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But then, then I look at my life. And time and time again, when we try to do things on, in our flesh and we're not relying on the Lord and putting our faith in the Lord, and so many times we do the same thing that Israel does. Instead of just putting our faith in the Lord, letting him deal with our troubles and letting him have his will and his way in our life, we're constantly just saying, well, I'm just going to make this choice here because I think this is the most logical. I'm going to do it this way and do it this way. And then we're getting ourselves into trouble. But they regathered as a nation in 1948, and they're waiting for their Messiah again. They're waiting for their Messiah. They're getting things ready. They're preparing. They're ready for their Messiah to come back, even though that we already know he's already come. We, as a people, need to, be, need to remember that God has chosen those people. And it's up to us to go out there and reach them. And to say, listen, your Messiah came, and you need to get over your, your pride, because that's what it is. Because I guarantee there's probably a lot of people, a lot of Jews out there, a lot of people who are probably like, you know what? We probably did kill our Messiah. But they're proud. They don't want to admit that. No, 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 uh, we didn't kill our Messiah. That, that, was, that was just a man. That was just a good man. That was just a prophet. Uh, you know, they, they made a mistake back there. They, they killed a prophet, but that wasn't the Messiah. Our Messiah is coming. Our Messiah is going to be a great leader. He's going to be a great go governor. He's going he's to wipe out all our enemies. He's going to take care of them. He's going to set us back up. We're going to be a great nation. So we're still waiting for our Messiah. And they're being fooled because of pride. Romans chapter 1, if you would, turn over to Romans chapter 1. We need to tell them that he was the, the source of their salvation. It takes a lot of prayer and dealing when you're dealing with people, Jews and, and um, from, or, um, people from Israel, because they don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe that they crucified their Messiah. Looking in Romans chapter 1, it's up to us in love, right, uh, in love to show them that Jesus Christ came. The Bible says, and he came for them. We need to remember, he came for them. Jesus Christ came for them first. And they rejected him. And because they rejected him, we got in. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, is, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Why, is it, why the Jew first? Because they're God's people. Because God still loves them. As many times as they've made mistakes and turned their back and went towards idols, so many times they've de depended on their self-righteousness, they're still his people. And I just look at the comparisons and I just look at our lives. So many times we look at our own self-righteousness and we look at our, and, and cling to different idols and maybe not physical idols, but the different things that you put above the Lord, things that you set up in your life that you're like, well, this is a priority before church. This is a priority before my Bible reading. This is a priority before prayer. This is a priority before witnessing to souls. And you're putting up little idols in your life. 
when you make those different priorities. You're putting things above the Lord. And just as, as Israel had done time and time again, we tend to do that. But he came to the Jews first. Why? Because he still loves those people. They're his people. Turn over to uh, John. John chapter 14. We all, we all know this verse. John 14, 6. I can quote it for you. you. We could all quote it. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We know that verse, but Israel does, just thinks that it's blasphemy. The Jews are not accepting Jesus Christ as their Messiah. But he will be coming again someday. And he will, when he comes again, it's going to be a lot different than the first time he came. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, but because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief, God began to form a new group of people. And that new group of people um, who is made up of those who believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, it's called the church. It's the church. Uh, because, the, because the Jews rejected him at the cross and rejected the when he uh, rose from the grave and they still had an opportunity to choose him and recognize that they were wrong, they got to see him. He rose from the dead. They got to see the miracles of him still being alive and this is truly the Son of God, but the nation still rejected him. They still want, didn't want to believe it and they rejected Jesus Christ. So God formed a new group, the church. Those who are willing to believe is the church. Um, those who are willing to put, uh, put their own walk aside, put their faith in him. It's a spiritual priesthood. Uh, Peter called it a holy nation. Holy nation of people. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We know uh, the different standards and the different things that the Lord had put upon Israel and the different laws that he put upon Israel uh, to make them special and make them a unique type of people separated, different from all other nations. Well, when he made the church, he did the same thing for you. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy, and pe holy nation, a peculiar, peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's called you out of darkness, into his marvelous light. And we are supposed to be a peculiar people. We're supposed to be a holy nation. We're supposed to be out there reaching the lost and reaching out to Israel. The church should never stop trusting and believing in God. Uh, just as uh, so time and time again, our faith may waver, and we, but we need to stop. We need to stop wavering and just put our full trust in him. Uh, sometimes as a church or a nation, a church and nation, we stay away from God. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't be doing that. We look at the different churches that are, that are being built today across just our country, but across the world. And being, their foundations have been set up on the wrong principles. It's about, bring, it, it's come, it has not come, uh, it has become about bringing the people in, building the church. It's been about the people. What we can do for the people, and now can we do, what can we do for God? 
And that's what the church is supposed to be here for, is to give God glory. We all have different members. We're all different church members, and we're all to work together. We all have different jobs and different things, and we're supposed to work together to give God glory. That's, that's our purpose. And uh, if we're not doing our part, we're not giving God the glory that he deserves. Uh, turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, and then we're going to be closing. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Man, time flies. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, look at verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come, come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Uh, we need to remember, as, look, looking at this church, not this, maybe not this specific church, but we're in a day and age of Laodicea, and this church is under... Is, is in a lot of trouble because we are just worried about our own comforts, about what we're going to do all the time and, and not putting the Lord first. And it, you know what? It's in our church. It is in our church. We do, our mindset is not always about what can we do for the Lord. It's what can we do for the Lord when it fits into our time schedule. When it's easier, when it's convenient, then I'll go to church. Then I'll do street preaching. Well, I have, I have a lot of stuff going on on my weekends. I got this plan. I got this plan. All that one Saturday, I don't have anything planned that week. Yeah, I, I, can, I can fit in street preaching that week. I don't really want to, but I don't really have an excuse to not do it. So I guess I'll fit it in this week. And, and we do it when it's convenient instead of because we're supposed to. And because it's giving him all the, all the honor and glory that we can. And it all starts going, going all the way back to a country or a nation. And we got in because a nation turned their, turned their back on God and turned away from God. But God's going to use that nation again. And then next week, Pastor, uh, if Pastor Lagoa is feeling better, he's going to pick, pick up uh, at the end of Genesis chapter 30 there uh, and how, how we're picking up the rest of uh, the children of Israel here. Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up there, and uh, let's pray, and we'll get ready for the morning service. Lord, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for your word, and Lord, we thank you for this book. Lord, we thank you that um, we have a book that we can know the mind of Christ. We can know what's on your heart and what you'd have for us to do. And Lord, I know uh, that you love Israel, and because of that, I love Israel, and I, want, and I pray for Israel. And uh, that they're your chosen people, Lord. I'm so glad that you allowed me to get in, to get in on those blessings, Lord, to, to get in on salvation. And, Lord, that you've made me your child and that I get the benefits of being your child. And so many of us here, we have that benefit and the blessings that come along with that. And I pray you'd help us to remember that, Lord, and help us to have a heart for the Jews. Help us to have a heart for those people, and realize, Lord, they're, just being, they're being deceived. They're just filled up with pride. And they don't understand that their Messiah has come. Lord, help us to be patient. Help us to be willing to spread and, and show them their Messiah has come. And it's not too late for them to repent now. Lord, they can still be saved. Lord, they can still get in on your mercy and, and get in on your grace. Lord, I pray that you would help us this week. Be with Pastor Kenny as he brings forth your word. Lord, just fill and with the Holy Spirit, guide his thoughts and his heart, helping to preach exactly what heaven to preach. 
Lord, and we'll thank you for it. Lord, I love you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.